And it's what? It's rolling. It's rolling? Yeah. Why would you do that to me without giving me a heads up? Well, I fucking laced your drink with ecstasy. So you're going to be rolling soon. <laughs> so I will lace this podcast with ecstasy. Welcome, everybody, to... Podcast. And Random Heroes Cheeky Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> that high-pitched diva you're hearing is our very own Nick, a.k.a. Punkass. A.k.a. Jesse's boyfriend, unfortunately. Why? No. Why do yeah. you always got to make it weird? Because I love doing it. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jesse, also known as Random Hero. And this is what? Episode four? This would be episode four since episode three was a disaster. Well, it was, and we'll probably end up taking it down and replacing it when Aaron gets an episode where his mic like works through the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. Yeah, but, I mean, it only affected the first half of it. And the second half, you know, it's just us doing this again. And, it, I mean, there's still some good content there. It's just, it sucks to have to listen to his voice without a mic working, you know? Yeah, no, I wonder how many people have actually, like, listened to, in, like, some parts of our podcast. Nobody's listening like, to any of it. Well, I'm just I'm meaning, like, <laughs> family or friends or anything like that. That's why I'm trying to do all of this. And then make our Facebook page, and then I'll just start s- spitting out. Yeah, we get we get to wade through all of the technical difficulties and all the, uh, you know, like completely, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, awkward long pauses. pauses. <laughs> just like just that like one. that one. <laughs> Um, no, you had said something right when you were about to record. You'd pulled yeah. up the recorder, and that brought to mind something that happened in grade school. Did you have to learn the recorder when you were in elementary school? No, I do not remember. Well, I went to multiple schools like throughout the year because my parents moved me a lot. So if, if they did, I didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah, we've already been over your sob story. I know. If you didn't have to learn the recorder, then you made out well on that deal. What was the first song you had to learn on the recorder? I think that... Hot Crust Buns? No. I think at our school they went with Marietta Little Lamb, which even played perfectly is still one of the most annoying little tunes I've ever heard. What is the backstory of Hot Crust Buns? Who made the song Hot Crust Buns? I don't know. People make songs about their occupations all the time. Yeah, but what do you think the song means, though? I think it's literally a song about Hot Crust Buns. (laughs) I mean, is someone baking? Probably. I mean, you look at, and it was probably someone who lived right next door to a bakery and they just smelled it every morning. Cause, like, if you've ever worked or lived near anything that does bread, like an Italian restaurant or a subway or anything, they always just pipe out that bread exhaust that makes you go crazy all day. Mm, some of that fresh sourdough smelling bread. Yeah. Yeah. All the different kinds they do. And, like legit bakeries themselves, they they do more things like you know cinnamon rolls and other stuff that just it, it, it's even worse. You know, if you're working near a KFC, you don't ever want to eat chicken again because you smell that all the time and it's like gross. But if you work near a bakery, all you can think about is things that have carbs in them. So what you're trying to? <laughs> Never mind. Let's I'm trying go, to say don't go. open a bakery in uh, <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> So, we are here on episode four. You've you've had a bit of a tough run lately, Nick. Is there anything you really want to just get off your, your chest? No, but I was going to tell you what happened to me today. Do it. I was going through, I love 
scrolling through like my spam emails that I get through Gmail just to see what funny shit I get right. Are are they coming from Gmail or just like you put your email it, it in just, places? And... It just whatever Gmail thinks is like shitty spam mail, it goes into the spam folder. Yeah, okay. So I was searching through it today, and I saw a thing that said, like, AWA Nick 1, which is, like, one of my old usernames or whatever. Yeah, I remember and, that one. And it said, ass face. I was like, what the fuck is this? Sounds and, like it's a legit email so far. I know. <laughs> and I opened it up, and I start reading it, and it was saying how, like, ass face is probably one of the paraphrases that I use or something like that. And it was one of those emails saying that it like watched me go through like 18 plus websites or something like the porn the okay. porn websites and it was saying if i don't pay them 998 dollars they were gonna send the video of me watching the pornos or whatever to like all my friends like on messenger or my email or whatever if i don't pay them the money wow so this was like email junk mail blackmail kind yeah yeah I heard about it, too, like, through one of the news feeds, how there was a scam going around saying they're going to, you know, release video of you watching these websites or whatever if you don't pay them money. It's I mean, I know you pretty well as a person, and if they have anything on you, my recommendation would be to pay them. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it today, though. I'm like, if, they, if it's actually true, I'm just go ahead and play the fucking video. I don't care. Yeah, and hey, if you could tell me the name of the girl in this one scene that I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I do remember saying, like, oh, yeah, we see the websites. Nice choice. Nice choices. <laughs> oh, like, like they're really going to critique someone that they're trying to blackmail? I just wanted to email back being like, oh, well, you know what? You fucked up. I'm fucking friends with a good hacker. Technically, I'm going to hack your shit and fucking get all your names and addresses and put it on fucking... Don't, fucking... don't bother. I know. I, it was just funny, like, just to be funny to do that you know honestly i think that i'd be more accepting of someone threatening me with my like porn viewing history than i would be with someone who maybe had access to my wikipedia history because i i like to know things i like to learn things but some of the things that i've had to like google or look on wiki to learn about are things that I am not proud of, you know? <laughs> things okay. at this age I probably should have already known or whatever, you know Does what I mean? size really matter? I'd rather be gross than stupid. That's that's what I'm getting at here. Why wouldn't you want to be stupid? Because, like, I mean, stupid would probably have its merits, you know? You're blissfully unaware of how ignorant you are on some topics, but I don't know. Once you've had the burden of knowledge and you just, you know, have to watch stupid people all the time... You don't ever want to be one. I'd rather be a pervert than an idiot. You know? <laughs> Lindsay and I were like having a little argument the other day, and you know she'll listen to our podcast. You're about to tell me that you're both somehow, aren't you? No, it, we were just sometimes I'll throw on the podcast like when we're driving in the car or something like that to have her listen to it, uh -huh. and we we're listening to the one about how Aaron was like, "Oh yeah, Nick's surprisingly smart" or whatever, and I say I like to be stupid just you know to keep yeah the standards low or whatever. Yep, yep, and. We we're just arguing about something. She's all, yeah, and you fucking just acting stupid because, you know, you don't want people to know you're smart or some <laughs> shit like that. I'm like, and I, I got stunned for a second. I'm like, ah, I really don't have anything to say. No, <laughs> I, that's why women are so much more effective at arguments than we are. Is like, so, so if you're a man, if you get into like a physical fight, there's a very well-documented phenomenon where time can kind of slow down and you you know you you're really in tune with the moment and you're ready to you know throw a punch or whatever that that can happen i think that's what happens 
with women in arguments is they're able to keep calm, collected, and slow time down. So they have time to think and just hear me out on this because <laughs> they always bring up the perfect stuff. And meanwhile, every time I've gotten in an argument with a man, woman, child, mom, whatever, I, I spend the rest of the day replaying the argument in my head, thinking of all these clever and great points I could have brought up or great, you know, jabs I could have got in. And I could never think of them at the time. And I, I wish yeah, I could slow afterwards. my mind down a little. Yeah, exactly. Until afterwards. Everyone is like a shower lawyer, <laughs> you know, able to come up with the best rock solid defense on their own. And then you put them in front of a woman who is just so much more skilled at this than you are. I think women are already born programmed being able to turn everything around on any argument that you start. Not not all of them. But I mean, that's that's a classic defense mechanism that a lot of people use. Uh, it's not always a manipulation either. It's just that if if you both have two sides to one story and you're bringing it up with one perspective, her perspective is not only going to be opposite, but she's probably already thought of your statement plus your next three. So she's just a few moves ahead of you in, in her well, head. You know what I mean? Here's an example. Say, Jesse. Yeah. I bought a brand new fucking peanut butter jar and I put it up in the cupboard, right? Looking for a fun night with your dog tonight? It's a possibility. Okay. You know, I come home and I'm just really craving a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. And I just want to be the first to open it. And I come home and I notice that you've already used some, right? Yeah. And then and your defense mechanism would be, well, it fucking it should have been there. Or some shit like that. That's how, like, they turn it around acting like it's your fault. Yeah, but... If you if you buy a jar of peanut butter and you really desperately for some reason want to be the first person to use it, it maybe was, maybe you tell her that. It and, was just an example of like how they could just when you have a problem, they turn it around and make it act like you're the problem instead of making me feel better or something. Like yeah, that. but I mean, if you come home, that happens, and I'm just I'm just playing out your hypothetical situation here. But if you go to the store, you buy some peanut butter, you want to be the first person to open it, and you don't tell anyone that, you live with her. You have kids there. You, All of the kitchen areas are shared. If you have a special request, you got to, like, communicate that. How is she just supposed is this, to guess? Is this where you're going to come in and say communication is key? No, no, no. <laughs> all that I'm saying is that if that's your example, it's no wonder she's always getting one over on you. Because that's, <laughs> that's a blatantly easy one for even me to be able to just, like tear apart and turn back on you the thing is it's it's all in the battles you choose if you choose something like that as a battle you're going to drive yourself crazy because no one's ever going to be able to read your mind about that unless you're like every time i get new peanut butter i'm the first one to use it <laughs> then as ridiculous of a rule as that would be at least it's you know out there it's common knowledge it's not just someone guessing Oh, Nick bought this. I'll bet he'd really like to be the first one to disturb that completely smooth layer of peanut butter skin on the top. Well, what if it's crunchy? It could be crunchy peanut butter. It could butter. be crunchy. Who knows? It could. You never know until you get in there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Oh, me. Um, you know, there, there's been a couple other things going on lately that we have to talk about, even though it still wounds me deeply, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. I was so pissed watching that game. Yeah, me too. We kept I don't know why we kept running the fucking ball. Well, that's I, that's what got us there. Yeah, but when you run the ball fucking 10 to 15 times and realize you're not going anywhere, just start fucking throwing the ball every time. Look, I I agree, but 
the thing is, like, Schottenheimer coming in as our offensive coordinator was widely viewed as a bad move at the beginning of the season, and it proved to be absolutely the right move because he got us back to a run-first team. Yeah. And that's what got us, you know, to two consecutive Super Bowls, winning one of them. You know, there, there's something to be said about that. And this season, in 2018, Seattle did have the number one rushing team in football. Yeah, they did. And while I was watching the game, it was, like, right before the kick that fucking our kicker got hurt, right? I was texting yeah. my brother. I'm like, I'm like, instead of being negative, I'm like, you know what, dude? We got this. And right after I said that, his fucking leg went out, and he's all, good fucking job. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> He's all right, Hasselbeck. Fucking, we're gonna score. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> quoted that. No, someone, someone came into my work during that game wearing a Hasselbeck jersey, saying that it was good luck. And I was like, you guys do realize that he cost us a playoff game against Green Bay in spectacularly like hubristic fashion by saying we want the ball and we're gonna score. It makes you fucking six. makes you think that maybe you do need to pick up just like some like mediocre backup kicker that's not worth a lot just in case if a kicker does fucking go out. Well and we've got a Pro Bowl punter in Dixon who tried to do you know, was trying to get ready to take over those duties and unfortunately he's a rookie. Yeah. But he's a rookie who made first team all pro this season yeah they didn't give him any chances though no we didn't really give him a whole lot of chances and we still need like a dedicated that kicker. fucking that onside kick was horrible oh yeah it was <laughs> and the thing is like his style of kicking with the drop kick it used to be common in like the 40s they haven't been doing it that way anymore because you don't have the same kind of control as you might if you've got it on a tee yeah and you know you're coming up and you just can do that place kick correctly so i hope they sort it out but in all honesty this was a season that most people predicted us to have four wins. Meanwhile, we at least got into the wild card round of the playoffs with 10 wins and are showing that this is a team that wasn't quite ready to be rebuilt. It was just, it needed a fresh coat of paint and a tune-up. You know what I mean? So in the next few seasons, Seattle's going to still be really competitive. Uh, but this is a division that's getting more competitive. And Well, yeah, um, I'm probably going to root for the Rams. To go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Ah. I mean, who, who, who would you root for? Well, the okay. Eagles again? Eh. No, I, I didn't root for the Eagles in the first place last season. I hate their fans. Their fans are the biggest dicks I've ever met in my life. I, I do not wish for any good things for the Eagles or their fans. Yeah. I don't wish them harm. Yeah, Nick Foles. But I don't wish anything Break good. a fucking leg. <laughs> Nick Foles will be gone next season. He'll yeah, be, I know. He'll be probably in, like, Jacksonville or Denver. It, will, it would be kind of ironic, though. He won last year's Super Bowl because Wentz was out, and it would be funny if he won it again this year. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that, would be, that would be one of the most epic, like, quarterback controversies around because they, they've already stated that Wentz is their guy over there. Yeah. But, like, when and when they started Foles at the beginning of this season because of his Super Bowl win, he went, you know, he had bad, terrible stats. He wasn't getting the job done. It was bad. They bring in Wentz, and he gets him to the postseason, and now all of a sudden Foles Fucking is back Foles and they're winning games. Yeah. So at some point, as a Philly fan or in their front office, you started, you know, got to kind of think, oh, what if we just start Wentz in the regular season and then <laughs> bench him for Foles in the postseason? I mean, I'm sure someone at least has jokingly mentioned that. But yeah. It's possible. Um, fuck the no, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, fuck the Cowboys, um, fuck the Patriots, and... I, I think what I want to see now is I want to see the Chargers represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and I'd like to see the Saints represent the NFC, and then I'd like to see the Chargers win it. Yeah, fuck Tom Brady, dude. I hate Tom Brady. Yeah. 
I mean, it's hard to argue that he's effectively the greatest quarterback Not of anymore. all time. No, no. He fucking sucks. No, I mean, he's having an off year like everyone knew he was going to because his body's deteriorating. <laughs> but you can't argue with his stats, his records, or his rings. I mean, there's no quarterback that has the complete set like he does. Can you... I'm still surprised, you know, I lost the fantasy football finals, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, I really... lost the whole season. But it's just funny <laughs> to me, I make it all the way to the finals without even having my fucking first round pick at all. Yeah, because you had Le'Veon Bell in the first round, yeah. and he didn't start for you all season. No, no. Yeah. I benched, he's he was st- a waste of bench. He's going to be somewhere outside of Pittsburgh next season, and it, it's Seattle. looking like Antonio Brown will be out of there, too. Yeah, there seems like a bunch of drama going on over there. No, I don't think that Seattle needs Le'Veon Bell. I think Chris Carson has stepped up, and he's going to be the guy. He, I he thought Rashad Penny thousand. was going to do good, but he's... He, hmm. Penny shows some good things. It, if it was my depth chart to rule... It'd be Carson at one, Penny at two, and Davis at three. But I would keep all three because they've all shown flashes of brilliance on different downs and in different situations. Um, but if I if Seattle could make a run at somebody, we don't have a great track record for picking up huge name free agent receivers. But if they could make a play for Antonio Brown to complement Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin, that would probably be the scariest receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, that would be awesome. up. Doug Baldwin's awesome. Sometimes I like I underestimate him. I'm like, oh, it's just Doug Baldwin, and then he does like a fucking awesome catch during yeah. that one game. I'm like, oh shit, all right, yeah, yeah. And, like, hey. and they're just a they're a fun group of guys to watch. They're young, and they the Seahawks give this city good vibes and hope in a way that no other team has been able to do here. Even the Sonics, even though they won a championship, even the Mariners, you know, in the few seasons they've actually made it to the playoffs, Are we talk- none of it lifts Sonic this area like. The Seahawks. Sonic? Are you talking about Sonic the Hedgehog? No. Uh, 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 Sonics? Yeah, the old... So- uh, oh, the well, basketball team. The that Thunder. We- yeah, the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The team that used it's, to be... <laughs> it's just funny because, you know, I don't, no one really talks about them anymore. No, and uh, now that Seattle's officially getting an NHL team, a Which lot of I people think are... I'd still rather have a fucking basketball team. Well, that that's coming. Believe me, that's coming. But <laughs> the NHL was in a spot to give us a expansion team without waiting. As of right now in the NBA, it looks like we'd have to wait to have a team move here for right now. Yeah, LeBron James. <sighs> Just kidding. No, no, no. It'd be cool to get, like, Kevin Durant back, though. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesse. What? Hold on, hold on. I brought up the NHL just because I want to know. There, there's a naming controversy going on, or not controversy, but question. What would people want to see the Seattle hockey team named? And I want to know if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, I would want to be the uh, Seattle Bums. That might be a good one. The Bums? Yeah, Seattle Bums. Seattle Homeless. Um, homeless in Seattle. That pretty, might be a good one. terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Do you have any real ideas? Dude, hockey team. Yeah, I, I would not. I think I saw some examples, but I forgot what they were. A lot of them are having to do, at least a lot of the names that I've seen, are having to do with local either tribes or animals. Uh, like I saw one for the Seattle Sockeyes that, that sounded kind of cool as like a salmon. Um, but the, Seattle also has an interesting history in that the first Stanley Cup, not sorry, not, sorry, uh, not the first Stanley Cup, but we had a team in the early 1900s that oh, won shit. a Stanley Cup before it was an NHL prize to be won. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was the yeah, Seattle they, Metropolitans. That, what about the Seattle Supersonic Hawks? 
<laughs> that just sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog's dick. Sonic Ox. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ooh, I'm going to suggest that one. I'm going to put that one in Seattle. Oh, good. I can't wait. I'm going to be like, this is Jesse Pepin. Nope. I have a suggestion for you guys. It's Random Hero. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we can we can go back and forth. Random Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll know who you're talking about. What, dude? My name's Nick Carter. You know what Backstreet the, Boy. Yeah, you know what the cool part is? When they look up Nick Carter, they'll never be able to find me. <laughs> I'll be way down at the bottom of the list. You got to scroll scroll through like 10 pages. That's where you belong. Well, you know where you belong? Uh, in this nice, comfortable chair. <laughs> By like- the way, guys, we totally spent some time before recording today setting up the new desk and kind of placing things for a more permanent home in my house. Uh, yeah, to kinda, do these podcasts, and it's going to look awesome. We're going to post some pictures here soon, too. Yeah, it kind of looks legit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Do you, I do want to make, like, a... We need to figure out how to make a logo. I do want to make, like, our own logo. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on that stuff. I mean, that stuff will all come in time. And it's not, it's not a studio like Joe Rogan uses or anything. It's not a stage like Kevin Smith might do a live one on. But it's a nice, cool little corner desk in my house with a bunch of nerdy stuff all over it and some pictures behind it and... It's a nice, comfortable place to come down and just actually hit record and do one of these. It's just, it's really nice, dude. If I want to, like, stop looking at your face, I can turn and look at this nice butt cheeks over here that I got. (laughs) And since people don't know where you're looking, (laughs) I can just say that you were looking instead of at my eyes down at my ass. Oh, that's your ass the whole time, dude? (laughs) No. My ass would look way better than that in fishnets. And it'd probably be like a little water pistol gun instead of a revolver. Yeah, probably. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I like to shoot guns. I'm not, I, I don't know if I'll ever own one, but I do like to go shooting them sometimes. You do? Yeah. Go with Aaron. Uh, he and his dad know a guy out in Granite Falls who owns a quarry. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Yeah, I know, but the people listening haven't. Oh, there's people listening now. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, you you gotta you gotta talk to them. You you can't just say assumed things. They don't know that there's a picture of a chick's ass with fishnets and a gun over there. They, you know what I mean. You gotta tell. You gotta paint a. You gotta, uh, you gotta a paint a picture. picture. Yeah, a word picture. Okay. Like for example, I could tell everyone how you're sitting in an office chair that has two black uh, armrests on it. And that you and then, had some blue dicky shorts on that are now around your ankles. And I see, oh, a, nice, shit. I see a nice brown I was stain waiting, in your boxers. I was waiting for you to notice that. <laughs> oh, dude. Speaking of brown stains. Ew. Here's what? a funny story, right? Okay. Well, it's more of a embarrassy story for me. but <laughs> Yes, even better. I, yeah, I used to wear these Scooby-Doo boxers when I was younger. I used to like them, but they were like weird fabrics. They weren't like, you know, the usual boxer fucking fabric. You mean like a silk or something? Yeah, they were like more like way cottony than usual. But anyways, they would always ride up my ass. And uh, I remember, we'll say during like eighth grade teenager years, I used to like sag my pants really bad because I thought it was cool at the time. Everyone did back then. Yeah, and but... uh, I was fucking hanging out with my friends one day, and I was, like, laying on my stomach, just fucking fucking around, talking or whatever. 
And my buddy kept fucking laughing at me. And I'm like, fuck, what are they laughing at? And they kept pointing at my ass or whatever. And I guess there's, like, fucking, like, brown spots on my boxers. Oh. I'm like, ah, because I think it was from riding up my ass. And I didn't wipe my ass that good back then, apparently. You know, it's funny. That's one of those things that, like, your parents teach you to do when you're really small. But no one ever gives you updated advice. Like, when you're, you know, fully grown. Yeah. You don't still want to be, like... You know, standing up with your pants around your ankles, wiping your ass, I guess. But, like, I've learned later in life that half the people still, like, stand up when they wipe. Half the people are still sitting down. Yeah, I've always wanted to make a joke, too. You know, like, when you go into the bathroom and there's urinals, like, every guy has, like, their own way of fucking peeing at the urinal. Yeah. Either they'll have, like, their hands on their waist, which I think is weird, both hands. On their waist? Yeah, like this. Oh, like like the Superman pose? Superman pose, or they'll both, like, have both hands on the wall. Or Which one is the all like, pose. yeah, or they'll have like just one like this. And I'm just sitting here and just like, well, I'm just going to do the regular thing. You know, What's just, the regular thing? Just hold my dick with my hand and just pee away. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I love going into urinals like that and seeing some people that look like they might be uncomfortable and being the guy who walks up. Just drops uh, his pants to his ankles <laughs> and then slaps both hands on the wall. You know, just I'm, to be, just to make people uncomfortable or laugh a little bit. There's always know? like a urinal rule too. If there's four urinals, one guy's at one. You usually skip one and go to the next one. You I, have I to. hate, I hate the guy that just goes right next to you. It makes it awkward. Yeah, you always assume that he's just there to look at your dick. Fucking yeah, and I, it's not that. I have a hard time peeing when, like, guys do that. Or if there's, like, no, like, space or the fucking little wall thing and it's just, like, an open fucking, like, horse trout water fucking bucket yeah. to pee in, I can't do it. And the the rule <laughs> is for anyone who doesn't use urinals, you know, whether you're a woman or a man, you know, who's going to be a woman, whatever. The rule is you, you need to have your head straight down. You only look at your own self. That, or the, or the wall. You don't or you can look sides. at the wall. You can look at the wall, but your head is either straight forward to the wall or straight down looking at your own junk. Then you have a hand maybe, you know, taking aim, ideally. <laughs> yeah. uh, you might have one that's just kind of on your hip or just hanging there or, you know, helping aim. Or if you have a big dick, using both hands. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that I, I didn't want to just tell you about that nick and have you be insanely jealous but that's all right you know. <laughs> no but so and then the other thing that really seems like a huge cultural divide is that in a ladies room you know you have girls who you have will couches leave. well not scented only that, candles yeah but you have girls who say hey let's let's go to the bathroom when a girl goes to the bathroom yeah. she says let's go when a guy goes he says i'm going <laughs> let's go pee and, together guys yeah so in the ladies room you guys could be having pillow fights you could be discussing you know, sociological events of the day. You could be discussing could new be fucking shitting together physics. Yeah, you could be playing battle shits. Whatever it is, <laughs> you're in there together. It's a team exercise. But in a men's room, if there's a guy trying to talk to you in there, you hate him with every fiber yeah, of your being. And why is there always fucking pee on the floor? Because guys like to be dicks, or they don't know that they're being dicks. It's just yeah, I don't know. It always smells bad in there. Yeah. It smells like a fucking water buffalo died in there. But if you're in there peeing and some guy comes and not only takes the urinal right next to you, but then starts trying to talk to you, like, all you want to do is just get out of there. Be like, hey. So, guys, That's a nice watch you're wearing. Or if we have some ladies (laughs) listening who are going to make the transition to guys biologically and hormonally, like, please don't be the type of guy who goes into the bathroom and talks (laughs) to people. You look like you transitioning and ran out of money. Yeah. Yeah, I did. 
I'm just kidding, dude. I heard that somewhere. It was so fucking hilarious. I loved it. That's actually a surprisingly good one. Um, <laughs> I stole that. I just wanted to tell it to you. Um, so, do you have anything like at your work that's like an etiquette thing that you want to discuss? You know, something that drives you crazy or a pet peeve, or even not at work, but like when you're out, something you just wish that you could tell everybody so that they understand. You know what my biggest pet peeve is? What's that? It's fucking any container that you buy at the grocery store. You know, like the containers where you gotta like, you open up the fucking container and then they have that film on top. You gotta pull it off, right? Yeah. Well, there's people, I won't say any names in the past or current, they'll open up the film, but they won't take it fully off and they'll put it back on with the cap on and that bugs the fucking shit out of me. Are we talking like yogurt or Yeah, yogurt, yogurt, fucking sour cream ones. Shit like that, and it just bugs the shit out of me. So, or like coffee can, fucking just tear it all the way fucking off and put the fucking top back on. Interesting. I I've never really thought about that as a peeve situation, but yeah, I, I could see that being annoying if you are the type to always want to take it all the way off. Well, why leave it on? The whole point is it keeps it fresh for that one time use. I think people think that having another layer of anything there helps keep it fresher. Like another They're layer. wrong, but <laughs> like I, I think they feel that way. What's your pet peeve? I've got a bunch of them. Um, my number one might have to be when my hands are sticky, though. Like, if you're spreading, like, jam on toast and you get a little on the knife or your spoon or whatever you're making and your hands get, like, that sticky, sugary texture, oh, it drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, I know you hate corduroys, too. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I get violently ill if I am touched with that corduroys. That is so weird. Yeah. And it's it's been as long as I can remember. I used Is it to have, just the fabric? Yeah, it's something about the fabric. And you know how, like, if you were to take corduroy and make it so it didn't have the bumps in it, it would pretty much be like velvet, right? Yeah. So even velvet, to an extent, does it because it's that texture feeling. All those little fibers or whatever, like, bristling against my skin. Something about it just creates this, like, physical, visceral, like nauseous reaction to it that just it, it it's uncontrollable it feels like i'm being given ipecac and my <laughs> friends like you and aaron and other douchebags love to try and get me to inadvertently touch corduroy just so that they can see me freeze and almost have to go vomit i should order a pair of corduroys actually i do want a pair of corduroys <laughs> pants well uh aaron's uh former sister-in-law becky i stayed with her and steve for a while steve is aaron's brother and uh, I stayed with them for a while, and they used to have this blanket that had corduroy on one side, not on the other. And every now and then, when they'd have, like, some people over or we'd all be hanging out or something, they would love to just throw that on me with the corduroy side facing me and watch me basically not move until someone was nice enough to get it off me. Because if I don't move, I don't feel all the little fibers but as soon as I move or I shift and I feel that rubbing it up against me, it's like, ah, I can't do it. So it's just funny that fucking one type of fabric. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, the way that you're describing it to me. To me, it would make me feel like it's like sandpaper rubbing against my skin or something like that. That's yeah. That's not a terrible analogy for that at all. Yeah. That's, that's pretty right on. It's uh but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really know where it came from because I used to wear corduroy pants as a kid and they were okay. Something... 
Maybe, maybe as a fucking, raped me or something. As a fucking therapist would say, it must have been a past experience that you don't remember. Let's please try to... A suppressed clear, memory. Com- clear your mind and we'll talk about your childhood, Anyone Jesse? who listens to this podcast knows that I can clear my head. You can? Can. You can. Can. Can't. Can. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Oh, uh, you know, you were talking about jokes and stuff. You know, you wrote me a joke or whatever. And I was trying to think of one, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I do want to try just one time doing stand-up comedy, right? But I was watching a YouTube video, I think it was yesterday or the other day, about this guy just, like, fucking bombing horribly. And the guy, yeah. and the guy was recording it, and the fucking crowd was, like, turning on them badly. Yeah. And, talk, and, like, the crowd was being more funny than the guy. And the guy yeah. didn't have any good comebacks. And I'm like... I don't know if I want to try. <laughs> no, you, you got to try it because, look, that that was the number one fear before I decided to do it was I didn't know how I would be able to handle the reaction of going on stage and telling jokes that I think are funny and having no one laugh. And right. Bombing. Well, the guy was kind of going about it wrong. He was calling like people like fat fucks or they're fucking stupid or ugly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't think that's really the right way to go, dude. <laughs> and that's the thing is that even the one time like I, I did. I did stand-up five times at a local open mic that's purely for stand-up comedy on Monday nights. I uh, did them five times, and out of that, only once did I bomb. And it was a night that everybody bombed except for the very last comedian who was well, like a national dude. But what I want to say about it is that once you've actually bombed in a place like that, you realize, A, You know what you okay. need to work on, though. Yeah, B, you know what you need to work on, especially with, like, how to react or maybe find a joke that you can use to try and turn a set yeah. if, if you're bombing. But three is, like, they weren't mean about it. Like, even when I was done bombing, even when every comedian went up and bombed and left, mm-hmm. they all still clapped. I think we had all gotten in our heads a sense of dread because most people in the audience were other stand-ups or their buddies who yeah. they brought to see them. Exactly. So everyone was caught in a mix between... Okay, I don't want him to feel bad because when I go up there and bomb, I don't want to feel bad. But I don't want to suddenly make him be the only guy who is not bombing and clap and laugh. Like It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy of suckitude for a whole evening. But you came out of there not feeling bad about it because it happened to everybody. Yeah, I feel like I might, I'd might, probably be able to handle it, okay? I just don't know if I'd be able to handle like the crowd turning on me. You know, and I say something fucked up or stupid that i'll regret it's like bugging the shit out of me well and that's when you got to start to train yourself on how to come back to people yeah you can do that in your i feel like as i'm getting older and all the drugs that i used to do i think it's just my brain's going downhill so that's why i'm starting to read books and trying to you know but i get my brain going i still want to see you do stand-up because out of all those times i got heckled a few times during my set but it was by like friends who were trying they thought that it was okay to try like helpful. and make it a conversation. Yeah. But it's like, no, when you're up there, you've got a small amount of material that you're trying to memorize or, you know, say in order because you've written it a specific way. They don't realize that you're not just up there being funny for a while and they can talk to you. It's like, no, this is a, this is basically like a song that I've written that goes in a very specific way. And if you interrupt me while I'm doing that, it screws the whole process up. Yeah. So, see, I need to. I need to look up on writing like jokes how you would write it because I like the comedians that are more like past experience or life examples or whatever. Yeah. So that's how I want to do it. You know, like back 
back in the day, those stupid fucking weed commercials would come on <laughs> and they'd fucking have something fucked up happen. Oh, this is what happens when you smoke weed. There was this one commercial where, like, the two guys are hanging out in his dad's office or whatever, and the guy was saying, you think my sister's hot or whatever? And he has, like, a gun out and something like that, and he accidentally shoots his friend. <laughs> well, anyways, back in when I used to live in Arlington, Washington, during, like, middle school, I had my friend come live with with me up in Arizona because he didn't like his mom and he's getting in trouble all the time. So I figured maybe if he lived with me and my parents, we could help him. But my sister and my brother-in-law lived with us and he had a shitload of guns. Does this story have a point? Yeah, it does have a <laughs> okay. point. Because my best friend would like just do a bunch of drugs and drink every single fucking day and not doing any better. And we had a basement and that's where our little band practice hangout room would be. And I was down there one day, and he comes downstairs, and I always made fun of him because his sister was hot. And I'm hanging out down there, and he comes down there, and he's like, hey, Nick, do you think my uh, sister's hot? I'm like, yeah. And then from around his fucking back, he fucking pulls out the revolver that my brother-in-law has and, like, points it at me. Jesus. And at that moment, I'm like, I, I got scared for a second. I'm like, are you really going to fucking shoot me? I think I remember I, like, got yeah. down on my knees. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he starts fucking laughing. I'm like, oh. Motherfucker. But I was going to try to make a joke about that in reference to the fucking uh, weed commercials. Yeah, well, I mean, there there might be some humor there, but I, I got to be honest, right now, the that type of humor where we're talking about guns and stuff like that, it's kind of hitting home for me, and this is something that we haven't brought up on the uh, podcast yet because that was, it just happened. I didn't do that on purpose either. That's kind of funny. No, that is an interesting segue because yeah, I had forgotten that I was going to talk about this. <laughs> Uh, but let's see, a week ago, this last Friday, um, there was a gunfight, like, outside, pretty close, right across the street from my bar that started when I was outside. I had just gone outside. There, I had a couple customers from my bar outside with me, and across the street, about 50 yards away, suddenly there was a few quick shots, followed by more, and uh, so my first instinctual reaction was mass shooting you know these guys are taking these yeah, guns and they're they're gonna come into my bar or tony's did you like see what happened did, like did you like yeah i saw the people with the guns shooting them so were they like out on the sidewalk shooting each other or was it like a drive-by thing no they were in the middle of the street so across a, the street from like tony v's in your place well people listening won't necessarily know exactly yeah. but effectively there's an intersection there's one bar opposite of mine across the street. And then if you go across the street from that in the other direction, mm-hmm. it was right there. So it was like kitty corner from my bar, but it was in the street. If gotcha. they had backed up another 10 feet, they would have been in the intersection. Gotcha. And the street goes up on a hill, and there was a group of about four guys at the bottom with one shooter mm-hmm. and a group of about four or five guys at the top of the hill with one shooter. And they were kind of trying to shoot towards each other. But they were such pussies about it, they had turned away. So they weren't looking at the person they were shooting. They were shooting kind of behind their back in the air, just kind of both Fucking wildly in the amateurs. Air. Yeah, so, but you don't necessarily piece all that together when you first see and hear gunshots. Yeah. So my first thought was mass shooting. So I grab everyone from my bar, I get them inside, lock it down. And that had all taken about 20 seconds from the time the first three shots were fired and then within about a minute and a half, all the police showed up. And so for that oh, 90 seconds time, 
you realize that even though that does feel pretty quick, a yeah. second is an eternity when two people have guns and there's a crowd of people around. Yeah. So, you know, I get everyone in the bar, I lock it down, tell them no one's leaving until the cops show up. The cops show up, there's about 15 cars in a half block radius. Jesus. And um, they still ended up missing both of the shooters. One ended up being caught later in like a high-speed chase, I believe. I don't know I've what happened to the to other one. I don't, yeah. I've always wanted to just do... You know, just do a fucking speed chase, and you know, if I if I was like billionaire, I would totally do it because I'd be able to get away with it. Yeah. I just always wanted to see how far I can go with the cops chasing me. Yeah, uh, like Grand Theft Auto style. Being a billionaire wouldn't prohibit you from getting. In well, jail you would still get in trouble. Car chase. But I'm just saying, you'd be able to bail yourself out. Just not just fucking just having a car chase just starting off speeding not fucking shooting again not robbing a place just fucking go just go just go just go never look back in like a white bronco or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> but fucking. the last thing i really want to say about that is that you know i've never been to war i didn't serve in the military or anything you know kind of to my shame at this point in life but never never did that so this is really you know i've been around guns plenty i've I've had one pulled on me a couple times in my life before this, you know, it was never fired or anything, but I've had guns pointed at me. I've been around them firing, but I'd never actually been around guns that were wildly being fired potentially to hurt somebody in public. Yeah. It seems like they were really bad at it though. Bad reputation. They were. That was not like a Compton style. No, no. These guys were pussies for sure. Yeah. No NWA whatsoever. But like as a guy, I, I run over situations in my head all the time, hypothetical things like what would you do in case of a zombie apocalypse or what would you do if, you know, some robber came into your bar or like what would you do if you're out with your girlfriend and you get mugged and you have to fight? Like there, yeah, it's usually I feel like you about. Yeah, you always have to do that because, you know, people always say, oh, it'll, it'll never happen to me until it does happen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is that that had been – one of the things that I had started to think about more and more as mass shootings have become more common in this country. And uh, so, so that's one that I thought about all the time. And the thing that I was really surprised at is that when it came down to it and it started happening, I feel like I did everything exactly like I was trying to imagine I would do to mm. keep people safe. You know, take charge of the situation, tell everyone to shut the fuck up, keep them safe, keep them out of the way, and, you know, make sure nothing happened to them. And to that end, it was fine. But at the same time, in your head, you start to think, okay, maybe I'm a little bit Captain America, and maybe I could be the type of person who would actually stop a shooter or something. Yeah, I've always, I always think that, too. I always, like, this is what goes through my head, like, if I go to, like, a gas station late at night, yeah, and I always think, like, okay, well, what if fucking someone walks in there and starts try to rob the place on the counter and I'm just out in the back like looking at chips or something. Yeah. Would I like sneak behind them and try to do something? Right. Or would I just say, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going to And that's, right here. That's that thing that you can't know for certain until you're in the moment. Right. And although I did the, the, nece the necessities correctly and well, I still feel like to an extent I kind of let myself down because I, I wasn't able to do anything to help the situation. But, like, that's totally Well, you the got the people, the safety. You did that. Exactly. But, like, you don't realize until they're actually, like, firing guns out there that, like, oh, if you don't have a gun, too, what are you going to do to stop that guy? You just got to try and get safe. 
And I'm not saying that everyone should walk around armed. I don't have really a stance on the Second Amendment as far as that stuff goes. But I'll tell you this. I would definitely be a lot more in favor of smart, simple, effective ways to keep guns out of people's hands more so that pussies and idiots like that Oh, now you're really going to get them going. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, look, this is a place where we should be able to talk about this stuff. <laughs> no, I even know. from a potentially humorous aspect at times. But, like, this is something that, since it happened, it's it's affected me. You know, I there was times when I would wake up in the middle of the night just kind of replaying that scene in my head. And I'm not saying I have PTSD. I can't compare myself to a soldier. But, you know, I've seen that. And I've been there, and it was very scary. And... I feel like maybe I need to do a better job of training myself in case there comes a time when it is actually a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. Because we have one of those every day in this country now. And the only reason I brought up the whole gun thing is because people are so fucking afraid to even talk about it. Yeah, people are uptight. Yeah, you get people who are either, they want all the guns all the time for everybody, and if you say anything else, you're a communist taking away their rights. Or they want to be like Australia and get rid of the guns. Right. Or you want to try and get guns out of everybody's hands, which isn't going to work in this country. Like, you know what? I own a gun. People would probably be like, why the fuck does he have a gun, right? (laughs) I'm actually really safe with my gun. you let the cat out of the bag when you prove to everybody that you're smarter than you like to act to keep standards low. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Stop, uh, stop, you know, making everybody realize that you actually have a brain in there. Because looking at you, no one would guess it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, you but, know, what am I supposed to do? Fucking wear slacks and a button-up T-shirt? Is that what you're supposed to do when you turn 30? That's what I've heard, but, I mean, I'm five years into my 30s, and... Sometimes, yeah. sometimes my girlfriend would be like, why don't you wear some adult shoes? I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm like, that is never going to happen for one. Have you gotten a definition out of her as to what that does mean? Well, like, she'll point out, like, these, like, fucking, like, loafer shoes or something like that, you know? Like, GQ-style, like, clothing. Oh, the type of shoes that she wants to picture you wearing when you go with her to a farmer's market on a Sunday afternoon? That's exactly it. Drinking your, uh... What's wrong with my dicky shorts? You know, I finally caved in and I bought a pair of Levi's. You've seen them. I bought some pants. I don't pay attention to what you wear. Yes, you do. I see you looking at me. That fucking... I keep wondering where you hide this alleged penis of yours. It's in my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we go. A way to bring it back down to the Icebreaker. <laughs> um, all right, so let's switch gears again here real quick. Uh, oh, ooh, this has popped up in my head. It's a sexual a thing, right? <laughs> Have you ever, no, while having sex no. with a guy or female, I don't, no. I don't know what you do. None. Have they ever stopped no. during the intercourse and started talking to you and started crying? Like a girl in general. Started talking to me and then started crying? Yeah. No. No? Ever, have you ever had one just stop and start crying? Or ever no, stop I'm in the good middle? at what I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's happened to me before. It's just, and I started laughing because it reminded me of like a movie scene or something like that. When you're just like enjoying the moment and then out of nowhere it just stops and like, starting a conversation about like feelings or something is that what it was was she talking to you about feelings yes yeah it was about right. feelings yeah i'm i mean at least in that moment i kind of understand it but i mean that should be the last moment that you decide you want to talk i know right and then i you know she started crying a little bit and i'm thinking 
Is this really happening right now? Are you sure you were having sex and not just like actually eating a sandwich with her or something? <sighs> you know, we could have been at Subway. Yeah. Let me let me get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, but for real. So so you guys are like, what well, was this a girlfriend or was this like a booty call or? It was a girlfriend. And uh, like, had you guys been fighting recently? Was this makeup sex or something? I think it was makeup sex. Yeah. All right. Well, she, I mean, she was on top too, so you got to visualize. I'm laying down, and then she's. I'm staring up at her while she's talking to me. And then suddenly tears are falling. Well, while into your while eyes from while her. she's still on top of me, <laughs> and I just started laughing a little bit. And she's. Oh, you can't do that. No, I did. <laughs> I did. And then she finally like realized. She's like, "Oh God, am I really doing this right now?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, the rest of that. Nah, that's not really the time or place, but. If it does come up, laughter and being able to, like, be self-realizing about what you're doing in that moment. And, you know, I, I think it's important as you have more mature relationships, funnier things are going to happen at funnier moments in your life. And you're just going to have to deal with them. You know, I'm sure at your stage of life, you've had sex with a girl and she's farted or something funny. Or you have. or <laughs> It's always those awkward moments when, like, girls, like, queef or whatever. And, and you just know you... Both have to ignore it happen yeah. and just keep going. Or yeah. or you can have the awkward laughter, but it's just funny how we already like know in our heads just like, oh well, we'll just ignore that it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> keep going. Up, 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 up. Moving on, moving on. But like <laughs> but even if you do stop and start laughing, like that that's the sign of ironically enough, a more mature relationship that you can like laugh when you're in the most intimate of moments. And, you know, you can still feel close, even though, like, in your early 20s, something like that would have mortified you. And you would have, you know, gotten up and got dressed and left the room if you started laughing or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a certain level of shame that is attached to sex the entire time as you grow up that slowly becomes eroded, you know, as you get more and more of an adult. And, you know, especially if you have kids and you've had to wipe diapers or whatever else, like, funny things like, oh, my girlfriend just took a dump or whatever you know that that goes away it doesn't end up being funny anymore <laughs> fucking, after a while the first time i fucking ever fingered a girl was okay. it, it was just going right into yeah, this one just going we? right All into right. it it was uh me and my best friend that lived with me in washington was when i used to live in arizona that's where we met we were hanging out with our two like girlfriend chicks at the time at the fucking outlet mall type deal and we went down to like the fucking basement parking garage in like the stairwell and that's where i did it at the mall yeah in the parking garage though at the alderwood mall no this is in arizona oh in arizona yeah. okay yeah it's just a really shitty town with the really <laughs> shitty mall and anyways that's where i just fucking decided to do it and then on the ride back home when my parents picked us up <laughs> you know how like back then when you're like really close with your buddies and then you're like oh hey dude smell my fucking fingers or whatever <laughs> i fucking i did that to him <laughs> And he fucked me. He's like, fuck, dude. Did you get the right hole or what? Dude? <laughs> oh, gross. Because I never did it. He was more experienced than me. I'm like, I think so, dude. I uh, <laughs> I, I did that to Aaron once. Because um, back in the day, I actually lived with him when we were first kind of becoming friends. I, I rented the room, like the top, the room that was in the top of the house. I rented that. And then him and his wife and their kids had the bottom floor. And, uh, so one day I uh, I'd started just seeing this girl and, you know, some of that stuff happened. But the next day, 
we all had to go with him to the airport to pick up Sarah. She'd been out of town, and this was, you know, the first time they were married and everything, so. Do you know what year this was, just so I get a visual? Uh, like, 03, somewhere okay. in there. 03, 04. And uh, so, so we go and we pick her up, and on the way back, he wanted me to drive. Yeah. And so the girl that I was seeing was in the back seat with Sarah, and then Aaron was next to me, and originally... I wanted one of the girls to have shotgun, but they wanted to talk in the back, so it was all fine. <laughs> it wasn't like being chauvinist or anything. So we're just driving, and there was a break in the conversation, and I just couldn't help myself. So I put, you know, two fingers right up under his nose, and I was like, Aaron, check this out. And he was just like, <laughs> ah, oh, why would you do that? And then you look in the back, and both of the women are just mortified, but also, like, laughing about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> not, my, not my finest moment, if you will, but... Uh, <laughs> God, dude. Speaking of Aaron, I feel like whatever girl like does have sex with Aaron, I feel like they would just cry during and after. Yeah, you want to talk about the type of women who would talk during sex? They're definitely the ones who are going to get with Aaron. <laughs> There's nothing special going on down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking troll forest down there in you his know, pants. It's funny too. Like, as a guy, you're naturally wired to rip on your guy friends and mm -hmm. it's always sexual prowess or ability or size <laughs> or, or whatever or you're gay yeah anything like that and it's not about saying anything bad about gay people or whatever else it's like you're just trying to say that he's something that he's not because on some level that's naturally funny to us yeah and that's something that i i just honestly don't think that many women understand because if they're going to rip on each other in my experience it's always like real stuff they're yeah. saying things that are really going on, really happening, really bad, and they're doing it half out of love and half out of like, oh, this is, you know, my way to get one up on this person. Yeah, well, my girlfriend now, you know what she does to me, and it fucking pisses me off so fucking bad. And, What's that? And I just want to elbow, elbow her in the face, but I won't unless it's like a reaction. Every time I'm like... I'm like cleaning the house or fucking working on something. I have to bend it's like over. Once a year. Yeah, I have to bend over, dude. She comes over and fucking like just pops me right in the butthole with her finger, dude, and it pisses <laughs> me off so bad. And, and my reaction just wants to fucking like hit her face, and I have to stop myself. <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, don't you ever do that kind of stuff to her? Yeah, and she doesn't like it. It's kind of <laughs> ironic, isn't it? It's not ironic. It means you guys are even. <laughs> God. If you're going to do that to her, she gets to do it to you. Fucking, oh, oh. Gets are me are you just core. so mad because you kind of like it? No. Well, Come on, baby, milk that prostate. <laughs> I've still never had that happen. Me either. I, I, Maybe mm. we should give in and just give it a try. No. Are, are we both scared that we might like it and turn gay? No. Or is it just we might like it and might want it all the time? It's neither. It's just that that's... I, I've never been someone who cares or is interested in what goes on around the area where food comes out. <laughs> it's, well, it's never been a mystery to me. It's never been like a forbidden land or a promised land or whatever. Like, it's just cool. If you don't want to do anything back there, I don't either. I'm, I'm all good. Well, you know, don't you know that saying? You always try something once. I, I've tried I'll do it. I'll do it that. if you do it. No, I. Look, for one thing, I don't Maybe know. I want to do it. Just agree with me so I can do it. Okay, Nick, you can do it. <laughs> you can no. do it and you can tell me all about it. Okay, I'll do it and then I'll... I'm not no. scared of anything sexually. It's just there's things that don't work with 
certain people. You know, I admit that I'm pretty vanilla when it comes to all that stuff. I'm very, you know, I'm not saying if I'm it wasn't, but if it wasn't for porn, I'd probably be the most boring fucking sex person ever. Right? I get, I get my moves from porn. <laughs> I think every guy does, honestly. Uh, there, most of the moves that I've seen, if I'm going to watch porn or some, are either things that I don't think I'm physically capable of <laughs> or that seem so degrading to the woman that I can't well, imagine doing it with someone that I care about. <laughs> well, yeah, there's always those fucking, like, really raunchy, like, horrible ones. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, the ones that, like, it's okay to do, I guess, so to say. I don't I, I you might have to give examples because I don't really know what you consider. Well, there's always like the pulling of the hair. Sometimes girls like that. Yeah. Or the choking. I would have That's never. That's a tricky one. I would. Yeah, I know. But I would would have never known any of that if I'd have never you, seen it. Have you been with someone who like actively wants you to do that to them? Yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure she's gonna be okay with you uh, saying well, that? Well, <laughs> it's too fucking late now. <laughs> too fucking late. I uh, I I've been with. A woman who, like, really was into that stuff, and so I tried it once or twice with her, but, like, I don't know if it's just a fear of hurting them or whatever, but, like, something about it just did not feel right to me, so that's not something yeah, I Yeah, I always wonder, do, you know? like, why they like it. I don't know if it's the fear of, like, oh, he could kill me right now if he wanted to, or just to get the adrenaline going. I don't know. There, there's a side to people that want to occasionally feel powerless. For me, it's storms, like big thunder and lightning storms. I, I would love nothing more than being outside in a big storm and just feeling so small and so powerless against this huge act of nature that it really reminds you that even though in your head everything that's going on in your life seems like the most important thing in the world, mm-hmm. you go out there in this big storm and you realize – okay, not only are there thousands of other people right now who can also do nothing about this, but these storms are happening all over the planet all like the time. fucking hurricane. Yeah, and then they're happening hurricane. on, like, other planets. Like, like there's, there's just storms and forces of nature that we would never, ever be able to do anything about. It reminds you that everything that feels so crucial and so important in your life really only affects you. And sometimes that is really difficult for people to accept or acknowledge. And I like to try and keep myself reminded of that because otherwise my narcissism runs wild unchecked and I start answering to Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you don't, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I, uh, I don't really, you would run to Jesus Christ, huh? No, I start answering to Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Like if you say Jesus Christ, I go, yes. (laughs) You rang? <laughs> yeah, it's just like if you're fucking in an airplane and fucking you thought it was going down or something like that, who would you fucking, who, who would you start praying? You know, I mean, I, I think I probably would. Yeah. There, there's there's an aspect of religion and praying to something that isn't there that's not only comforting, but it, it starts to feel almost like a security blanket where you can go, okay, well... If I'll there keep that in is, my back pocket just in case. The last, yeah. Because, you know, he <laughs> forgives you if you yeah. fucking... That's, but then that's if you crazy. Really, if you really look at the dogma, like, if you're not actually sorry, then you're not actually going to be forgiven or whatever. But there's a lot of apparent contradictions in there that says, you know, well, if you've been saved once, you're saved for the that's, rest of your life. Well, that's why it's really hard for me to believe that there's, like, really religion out there or Jesus or God, whatever. Because a murderer can just fucking murder people and be really sorry afterwards afterwards and he still gets to go to heaven you know what i mean 
Like what? Well, what yeah. god or something like that would have like a rule book like that? Well, to me, I feel like if you really wanted to get into heaven and it's like a magical fucking place with just like good, wonderful people, it, you would have to be like the Santa Claus. You have to be good all fucking year, your whole life. Yeah. Well, and I mean, on the other hand, also, like if you if you were to say, think of yourself as God and ants as people. And then let's say that you have a giant-ass ant farm, right? And you know that there's something that if those ants do it, you'll destroy the whole thing or get it out of your house or whatever. Like, if they break out and cause a wreck, you know, it'll be too much for you to deal with or whatever. So you have these rules in your head, but you have no way to actually even communicate that to the ants, nor would you bother trying because they're ants. So it's like, if there is a god who went through all of the process of intelligently designing... uh, characters and people like us who are capable of you know having a conscience and emotions and self-awareness and you know great acts of compassion and artwork and all that but like just because you design them doesn't mean that you have anything in common with them yeah they they they're still effectively ants to you because you could snuff them out in a second or what they do might just be entertainment to you or might just be a setting or whatever else so even if there is a God, it's really difficult for me as an adult to picture that he really cares what's going on down here or that he would bother trying to set a sen- send a set of rules through one ant to the rest of the colony, you know? If I was to put a little stone tablature in ant speak in an anthill and then watch the Moses ant trying to deliver that to the others and stuff, like... That, that, Are we talking about Ant-Man the movie? No, I'm just... I'm just trying to relate us to ants and us also to gods. You know what would be... To illustrate the difference in, like, planes of existence and awareness, you know? Especially with this whole Tom Cruise and Scientology shit going on. You know what would be a really cool segment for one of these fucking times? We find a Scientology church and we go in there and we start telling them that we may want to convert and see what the process is. You know what's interesting? And just... Talk about the experience of how that actually works. So when I was in high school, I was really into church. And uh, we did this program the summer before my senior year called Summer Servants. And it was a very intense program where you're spending all day, every day of your summer, working and doing good works through the church. And some of that is also just getting educated on other religions as well as a better education in your own. And so they would spend, you know, every week we would go and visit a different type of church. Like we went to a mosque. Yeah. We went to a Scientology center. We went to a Christian science center, which is different, but sounds the same. Um, We talked to Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, like there was a different one to talk to every time. And the one thing I'll say is that when you go to other churches, the one thing that they all have in common is they do all feel welcoming like they're nice people like the simple act of having religion makes them more compassionate to other people out there as long as they're in their church as long as that's still the current activity you get those people out in the real world and they're just as bad as the rest of us you know what i mean yeah would they still be more would they still be like warming in open arms if say i was a dirty homeless man well and the <laughs> That, that's one of the big tenets of the Bible is uh, one thing that Jesus says is uh, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me also. Meaning, whatever you do for the undesirables on earth, like treating homeless people well, you're effectively doing that to God. It's a nice thing to say. It's a nice sentiment. But it's just, it's something that only lasts in the context of 
that act. If you're a person who likes to go to church and do nice things for people, you usually only do it when you're in church mode. Yeah. You're not doing it when you're trying, you know, you're desperately trying to get to work and that guy comes and tries to bum rush you at 7-Eleven asking you for change. Even if you have some, you're like, no, 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 you know, I'm in a hurry or whatever, you know. Yeah, and I those usually are the get moments... girls asking for rides for some reason. <laughs> what? Yeah, every fucking time, dude, I go to the 7-Eleven because I work graveyard shift. One time this one chick came up to me and I knew she was going to ask me. I was pumping gas and I tried to do that off-guardish fucking, like, just don't talk to me. It yeah. Didn't, it didn't work. She started talking to me. She's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to work. She's like, oh, yeah, where, where do you work? She's like, well, I work at Boeing. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, could you give me a ride? I'm like, no, nah, I'm late. I'm like, I can't really do that. And she kind of got lippy with me for a second. She's like, come on, man. I've been out here in the car. I'm like, dude, I got a girlfriend. I can't, sorry. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So that's what you got to say. You got to say you have a girlfriend. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and what I'll say about homeless people and about religious people is I'm totally okay with them being passive about their faith or their situation and having a sign-up or something, you know? Like, if, if you want to say, I'm here, talk to me, I believe in God. Or, like, I'm here, if you want to donate money, I'm homeless. Fine. It's the people who become aggressive with it who start to become evangelical in their approach where they're, you know, riding bicycles in suits, in pairs, all around town, stopping at doors, knocking on doors and trying to come in and talk to you about God. Don't like that. Don't yeah. like missionaries going to North Sentinel Island and getting killed <laughs> by the natives and stuff like that. And I don't want homeless people coming up and, you know, aggressively trying to get money or change. Or if I say like, no, I'm sorry, I'm kind of broken. They're like, well, didn't you just spend money on, you know, that soda? And it's like, or yeah, hey, money you, I worked for, but I don't have any extra right now. Like When you're going to, like, give them money and they, like, try to, like, look and see what's in your wallet. Yeah. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And <laughs> one time I donated or I just gave a homeless person on the corner a 20 because mm -hmm. I had just gotten, like, a bonus at work. This was years ago, and it was in Portland. <laughs> so I thought, okay, cool, I'm going to pick one random person who's homeless and just try and make their day by giving them a 20 and pulled up to the guy and it was kind of a quick thing. And I handed him the bill. He didn't even look at it. Didn't even see it, which is fine. But he, he had already taken it and he was asking if I had any more. And I, I felt oh, like shit. I got punched in the gut. Like, dude, yeah, I just gave you what I thought was something pretty generous. And for someone like me, it is pretty generous you know, if you're a rich guy and you can easily give a hundred bucks, it doesn't mean as much as someone like me who gives 20 and that actually could, you know, get you something. So it, it felt like a kick in the nuts and it's like, all right, well, screw it. I'm not doing that anymore. I'd so, be like, give me that fucking dollar bill back that you thought I just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, did you even look at that? That's a fucking 20, you idiot. God. <laughs> but like at the same time, that's just because... You know, if I really think about it, it's because I felt cheated out of a feeling of good vibes for doing something altruistic, which, if I really think about my reaction, means that I wasn't doing it for the right reason. If I'm annoyed that he didn't praise me over how much money he got, that's because I had an expectation that he was going to be super right. grateful and, and saying it, you know? So that's Some people would say, you know, you're not supposed to do that. You're, right. just, you're supposed to be grateful that yourself, that you're helping someone. Instead yeah. of getting a reaction back from this person that you helped. Exactly. And that's, I think that's one of the most genuine battles that we fight in our head is even when we do try to do things for the right reason, we're still kind of hoping in the back of our minds that we're noticed for it or that someone finds out or that someone praises that action or whatever. Like there's, 
almost like, universally, if you're really honest with yourself, whenever you do something really nice, you're hoping that somebody thanks you. you I'm re- I mean? Yeah, I'm really weird. I don't know. It's just if it's pastimes or, you know, or this is why people think I could be an asshole or I'm standoffish or whatever. Punk ass. Yeah, exactly that. Punk ass. You know, people will do stuff for me or help me or get me things. And, you know, sometimes, like, I, I am really thankful. Like, I'm really thankful, you know, but then I don't say it or I, or I don't want to say it. Right. I don't know why that is. It's weird. But I feel like they know me and they know that I'm thankful, so I shouldn't say it. You know what I mean? Because I just don't want to say it for some reason. Huh. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Maybe it's, I don't want to, like, show my emotions, I guess, like that. Well, but, gratitude isn't really an emotion. Well, it's a yeah, reaction, but you know, just in general, if you know, I am thankful for the stuff that you do. If I don't say it, I don't do much. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I, there's not much that you ever need to thank me for. <sighs> well, let's nerd out for a minute. Yeah, you want to talk about the Aquaman? Movie? I do want to talk about Aquaman. Do it. But my experience is going to be way better than yours because I went to the oh. 4DX theater. Oh. Which, you should know what that is, right? Uh, 40X? That sounds like the bra size of a girl I dated once. Really? Is it 40X? Was she, uh, was she from Texas? Was she a cattle rancher? You know, she, uh, she did grow up in Texas, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, that's, is that the one that they do down at Seattle Center? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the, Seattle uh, Regal whatever. Theater. Whatever. Whatever. Approaching. <sighs> Jawbreaker. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's where the seats move. And then, you know, the, if it's raining and storming, they got like wind fucking controls and misting. And so it feels like you're in the rain with the fucking movie scene. I don't know about those, but they do have the moving seats and that kind of stuff out here in Monroe at their. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of these theaters. There's one in Seattle, some in LA, one in New York or whatever. But. Realizing you're going to go see Aquaman at the 40X Theater, you need to realize you're going to get a little bit more wet than, than you want. And it's all going to be smelling kind of fishy because it's all seawater. <laughs> yeah, they did have some scents in there. They did smell kind of weird. <laughs> but it was a really awesome movie, and I love how they made it. I thought it was way better than Justice League, and I think it's way better than Batman. I feel like they went all out on this Aquaman movie to really get in comparison of the Marvel movies. Now, wait, when you say better than Batman, are you including the Nolan Batman no, movies? No, I'm including the fucking Ben Affleck ones. All right, so I, I agree with you on that. In fact, what I've been telling people is that it's the best DC movie they've made since Nolan's Batman movies. Yeah, I would say... And that includes Wonder Woman. That includes um, Man of Steel. God, Wonder Woman's so hot. Well, she is. Gal Gadot's an amazing Wonder Woman. She did a great job in the movie. It's a great movie on its own. But I think that Aquaman gave us something really new. It was more of an yeah, and they kept movie, everything you know? original too. They even had the fucking suit at the end. Yeah, I yeah. I really thought it was cool. They kept it original like that. And like, what I like is it's not an origin movie because he's got these powers his whole life, and people already know he's an Atlantean. And it's also not just a, a rivalry or an evil movie. Like the guy, the bad guy, quote unquote, is just another guy like Aquaman who has a different solution for the same problem. Yeah, it's kind of like Thanos. It yeah, is. It's Thanos trying to get rid of half of the world or whatever. It is. And in this case, you know, it's... But but if you think about it, it's better than just 
like if you take the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie with Ronan the Accuser. Now, in the comics, he's a more rich character. But in that film, he's basically trying to destroy an entire planet with an Infinity Stone because they were mean to his race of people for yeah. a long time. You know, there's there's evil for the sake of evil. You've got in Thor Ragnarok, which was a great movie. You've got Hela, who's just basically the avatar for evil in Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, the Marvel's villain issue they've been getting better at it with ones like um killmonger and black panther and thanos but they had so many villains that were just villains to be evil yeah so you get a guy like the the villain in aquaman or thanos or you know some of these movies like a uh, watchman where yeah the guy's methods may be extreme and disagreeable but they're not trying to dominate the planet to rule it or to be evil, they're trying to do something good through a bad means, yeah. if you will. And they kept it because, you know, there's, like, the original Aquaman where he's wearing that, like, gay, skimpy fucking suit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I think later in the 90s, another fucking uh, artist guy, I forgot what they're fucking called, came out with the different style Aquaman, like, with the shirt off and made him more buffer or whatever. Like yeah. That. And I think... It was cool they kept it with that style, and then at the end still tried to keep the original fucking suit. Which the, still looked this. good on film, too, even yeah. though it was... And just know. the money they had to spend on that, because everything is underwater and <laughs> green screen. And uh. and plus they had some really good actors in there, and they I mean, they had locations all around the world. That, that was my favorite section of the film, was really when they're traveling around trying to find clues for the trident. You feel like they're on an adventure instead of like some kind of a rivalry showdown like so many superhero movies end up being yeah it was like indiana jones in the sea yeah yeah <laughs> there's there's a real element to that and you've you've got you know the standard hero kind of archetype thrown out and you've got instead a guy who's sarcastic and an underachiever and you know drinks too much and you know it, he's not really an anti-hero but he's definitely a flawed hero you know what i mean yeah it was a real you know, it had comedy too. Yeah, he's funny in there. Oh, he's he's so good at being funny while he's being serious. That's yeah, insane. I know. it's just fucking, and he's it's just funny to see him because he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Now, if they <laughs> could take that movie and Wonder Woman and take the two well-established franchises from DC, throw out all of the Superman and Batman stuff that they had done with it. Yeah, like, Affleck needs to go back to fucking kevin smith movies and it sounds like he's done with the character also but then yeah. like you know even though i thought henry cavill did a good job as superman maybe get rid of him also get rid of the stuff that snyder had too much of a hand in and then kind of start over with this new fun and adventurous feeling dc universe suddenly they would start to get a lot of those people who were kind of tired of the marvel formula because mm. it's been working well but Aside from a couple films in the whole series, they're all very formulaic and very similar. DC has a chance to do something different, but it doesn't have to mean that it has to be a dark, joyless nothing like Zack Snyder was doing. They can do fun adventure movies like Aquaman or, you know, cool kind of pseudo-historic ones like Wonder Woman, and they could do it that way. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too, because it was kind of long. It was like almost two and a half hours. And I did, like, you know, long movies like the, like Harry Potter or something. Yeah. Like, after like almost two hours in, I'm like, oh, I just want it to be over. This, this, <laughs> I, it might have been the 40s, 40x experience because the seats moved the whole fucking time. I was really enjoying it through the whole fucking thing. Yeah. But there, you know, those little like storm scenes when they're just hanging out and it's like stormy weather or whatever. Yeah. 
fucking I was getting I felt like I was getting soaked because I'm like <laughs> fuck dude these are some really long scenes I'm like God. so is that the type of theater you would want to go to to see all kinds of movies or is that just kind of like a big movie place it's you'd certain type of movies I think they choose like the good movies to play I don't think you it's like a once every couple months type deal because it is fucking expensive for like two adults and a child it was $80 just to get a fucking seat <laughs> damn yeah it's and pretty, that's not even food or no, like snacks or anything uh, either no oh it's pretty expensive no kidding. but it, it is enjoyable yeah i mean i just went to marysville and whatever <laughs> but like it, it was fun i got to see the movie i had good seats i think we went we went on did we go on christmas i yeah. went on christmas i went on christmas also oh that's right i was like yeah i'm gonna go see it tonight that's that's been the big tradition in my family for years is that um in our stockings we'd all get these movie passes and uh we'd go on christmas day to see you know some big movie that was out when i was in high school and just graduated uh it was like the lord of the rings movies and that's kind of what started it we saw the first one and they released them every year in december and then they would also pepper in like Star Wars movies every couple of years in December. So at Christmas time, there's always some kind of a big good movie to see. Yeah, so it was just a fun tradition. We did, we did have a scary moment because we did go see the uh, 10:30 showing at night because I wanted to beat the traffic trying to go to Seattle and everything. Yeah, and the movie didn't get out till like at one in the morning. So the parking garage, we start walking and it was fucking closed. <laughs> and then like all the like fucking weird. Homeless people were out on the fucking sidewalks and shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. Am I, I going to have to be, like, the fucking tough guy here in a minute if someone <laughs> tries to fucking... But we called the security guard number, and they let us in and opened yeah. up the gate, which I was thankful because I didn't want to pay for an Uber. No kidding. Especially when, you know, you parked it in their garage. Like, you'd think it would be open. Yeah, I was like, don't you guys keep it open until all the movies are over? Yeah. Or what? Oh, That's weird. And for people listening who are not, you know, living in or natives to the Seattle area, we've mentioned homelessness and a lot tonight, but I, I got to tell you guys that it's really become a big deal here and no one's had an effective answer for it yet. Uh, the town that I live in now, Snohomish, I just moved here back in August and, uh, you know, it's still pretty good out here because we're kind of off the beaten path of the I-5 corridor. Uh, but over in Everett, like where I work and where a lot of people live and stuff, you, you can't go into a 7-Eleven or you can't get out of your car and go to the store and come back out or wh whatever you're doing. You will always be assaulted by a homeless person asking you for something these days. Always. To the point that Everett has now started closing down a lot of their businesses by like 12 a.m., 11 p.m., 1 a.m. Yeah. When they used to be all night businesses, you know, 24-7 businesses are now closing for long periods of time during the night because there's so many people in there causing problems because they're homeless or broke or, you know, druggies or whatever. And it's just, it's become such an epidemic over here that we talk about it a little more lightheartedly than we really actually feel about the whole thing. But it, it never has been more crystallized than when I moved out here where that isn't an issue. And I have a Seven Eleven, you know, a block and a half from my house. So I'll walk over there fairly frequently if we need little things and just that freedom of being able to do that at any hour of the night with no one ever asking me for money or anything. It's probably it's nice. amazing. And that's what most people in the country still experience these days. But it's not least, Marysville. No. Marysville, <laughs> Everett, Seattle itself. Yeah. We have a huge issue with this stuff now. And someone really needs to, you know, find a good constructive way that we can rehabilitate these people into society somehow and get them you know, back because if you try to find a job 
the first thing they ask you is what's your address. If you're homeless and you don't have an address or a phone number, and you may not be able to get a job. Yeah. So there's so many things that need to be, you know, rectified before these people can become functioning members of society. They don't all belong in jail. It might be annoying to be asked for money all the time, but it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong. The system on some level has failed them and failed this area, and now we're the ones suffering for it. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, they you know, brought it to themselves to be homeless, though. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so Trump should just fucking hurry up and build a wall and get going on the homeless people? Well, no, fuck that. But I want to address <laughs> that real quick because privilege factors into this also, and I admit that I am someone who definitely comes from privilege you know we were poor growing up but my folks have had an amazing adult life of you know getting their stuff together and good finances and a house and all that stuff yes so they've always been there to help me if i ever really was in dire straits or really needed some help Mm -hmm. and a lot of these people out there you know for every person who turned to drugs and did it on their own there's another person out there who simply didn't have the same support system that someone like you or me has had yeah it's and, it's kind of like a shitty fucking line, you know. There's, it is. There's one half where people fucked up themselves, or there's the other half to where they did, like, didn't have like anything to do with it. Exactly, and that's why I can't universally treat them bad, but I don't universally always give them money either. I've Sometimes you to... can pinpoint the bad ones from the good ones. Yeah, you know? and if you're in an area where you see the same people over and over, you start to realize, okay, now these guys, these guys are just, you know, taking any money and going and buying drugs, you know, so don't give them anything. This guy, this guy seems like, you know, whenever he gets money, he gets food or something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's he's okay to give it to. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is we need to just turn all of our charity to establish programs that are well-researched and use the money correctly to be able to help these people because a program has so many more resources available the money goes further, and you know what it's going for. And that's what people need to do is stop handing money to panhandlers and just donate whatever you want to do to help people into properly researched charities that can do that for you. Yeah, Jesse and I are going to start a foundation called Cheeky Shenanigans. If you want to donate money, we're going to help underprivileged fucking 18-year-old men try to get laid because they're having a hard time doing it themselves. (laughs) I thought you were so, going to say we were going to try to help underprivileged podcasters buy more stuff to put in my living room. But. No, no, no. You know, so the program is, you know, we find these virgins that really having a hard time trying to meet girls. We take them out to brothels and the money that you donate, we give to the, you know, the people that will lay with them and they will have the best time of their lives. And herpes. Well, that's the chance they have to take. The rest of the money goes for penicillin. <laughs> Dude, see, we have it all planned out. And please, before you guys get excited or think that's funny, uh, don't. If you want to send us money, awesome. But uh, well, no, yeah, we're not going to We're not going to fucking it. take any money. I was just kidding. No. Well, <laughs> um, Who would give us money anyways? Maybe a quarter? No, no. I mean, you never know if, if if this actually ends up entertaining people someday. There could be sponsorships or whatever else. But for now, this is just kind of a labor of love that, you know, is now that it's coming together and we've got the desk and everything and, you know, the interface and the audio quality is getting better. I look forward to doing this show more and more every single week. Yeah, I'm going to set up a Facebook page, too, after this. I'm going to get it going. You You can just sit there and just look like yourself and I'll do it, you know. That way I can... Send it all out, and people can actually join and fucking leave comments and shit. Mm. And 
fucking say what they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on that note, on that harmonized note, that was a fucking E flat harmony. There's want- no E flat. Yeah, there is. Look it up. Google it. Google it. Google it. There's not. Google it, dude. There is E. There's F, <laughs> e. and there's F sharp. There's no E flat. There's no E minor. Or no, there's an E flat. There's no F flat. <laughs> All right, Jesse, did you want to say anything before we get out of here? Um, No, it's just, it's, God, it's kind of nice just being in the new digs. And, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of the things that I'd kind of set aside as bullet points to maybe cover. Um, I'm not quite ready to talk about the wall yet because I there's more research I want to do. And when I actually go on a rant about something, I like to Yeah, he goes on well- a fucking rant. He goes. <laughs> He just goes like need for speed and you can't stop him. Isn't that my role on this podcast yeah, is to balance out the stupid comments with a little bit of intelligence? Yeah. Well, next time we should try to reverse that. Okay. You try to do the serious ranting and the 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 intelligent stuff and I'll just sit there and call you gay all the time. <laughs> that would be awesome actually. You'd probably like that way too much. I would like it. Speaking of liking it, I have really liked doing this show again. We, I did, We too. took a little time off for some life issues that had come up and made recording difficult. And Christmas and New Year's. And Christmas. Well, that's kind of what I was including. Christmas uh-huh. and New Year's are difficult. Yeah. They you are. just have to have too much fun. Yeah. Way <laughs> too much fucking fun. All right, guys. But, hey, this is episode four. You have been listening to Cheeky Shenanigans. Wait, hey, wait a minute. What, what? Are you, what are you supposed to say? We don't have an established. You have an closing. established closing, closing line. No, I thought that was just for the opening. No, what? What? Have a consensual day, everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh. I hadn't gotten there yet. I was thanking everyone for listening. Still. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. And I stand by the fact that I think that that may be the best benediction that we could have come up with, or the best catchphrase, <laughs> because if you have a consensual day, everything goes as you would like it. Okay. Everything, you're given the option for everything in your day. I think. Well, then what was wrong with my homosexual day? Yeah, because not everybody's a homo. Everyone deserves to have their consent considered. Oh, okay. There's nothing wrong with gay. There's just a joke between guys. Not me. Also, all right, everyone. I'm fucking punk ass. Unfortunately, I am Jesse. Fortunately, which means I'm not Nick. I'm not Jesse, guys. Look at me. I'm Jesse. Have a consensual day, everyone. You've been listening to Cheeky Shenanigans. I'm punk ass. Have a consensual day. Homosexual day. Jesse. (laughs) Where's the fucking stop button, dude? (laughs)